opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody. I'm Chris Peterson, the founder and CEO of Penny Forward, a small and growing nonprofit whose mission is to help people who are blind navigate the complicated landscape of personal finance through education, mentoring, and mutual support. And welcome this evening to Financial Sense, a call co-sponsored by Penny Forward and ACB Next Generation, where we talk about personal finance from a younger perspective. Uh, So if you're looking to talk about retirement planning or how how to manage your retirement accounts or something, this may not be the call for you. Uh, although, you know, some of us are worried about that a little bit younger in, in life. Uh, but if you are interested in budgeting, using credit wisely, knowing how to become a better manager of money, um, just, uh, you know, the, the kind of things that you have to do as an adult, this is the call for you. Um, with us this evening is Mo Carpenter. She is our host, and we will hear from her in a moment. Katie Frederick is streaming on ACB Media 5. Thank you, Katie. And Liz Botner is here. And Liz Botner is my co-host and co-producer on the Penny Forward podcast. And this is actually a, uh, if, if you miss this call tonight, you're actually going to hear it again on the Penny Forward podcast in a couple of weeks because we are doing double duty this evening. And uh, this is going to be a live recording of the Penny Forward podcast um, in addition to being streamed and, and, and called and all of the things. The topic of tonight's call is how we deal with setbacks. This is such an appropriate topic for many, many different reasons um, because we all have setbacks throughout our lives, whether they are financial or personal or professional. And uh, I was inspired to choose this topic because of some setbacks that I experienced recently uh, while getting ready for the thing that I am about to tell you about. Penny Forward has just released its first online interactive course. It's called Taking on Taxes, a beginner's guide to the foreign language of taxes. And to access it, you can go to pennyforward.com and sign up for a membership and join Penny Forward. It either costs $9 a month or $99 a year, which saves you one month. Uh, you basically get one month free if you want to sign up for a whole year. And uh, it's going to be the first, but not the last course we will be offering. Uh, There will be other membership benefits as well. But it's kind of what we're uh, launching our membership offering with. And uh, if you feel like you go through the motions of doing your taxes every year, or maybe you haven't done your taxes yet, you know you're going to have to. Uh, and you don't really understand what's going on or whether you're doing the right things or, or how, to, 
how to do tax deductions or tax credits or why you're getting a refund or why you're not. This is the class for you. It really is a beginner's guide to the foreign language of taxes. We talk about why we pay taxes, what they pay for. We talk about what tax deductions and tax credits are, why some people get uh, a big refund and others don't. Then we go into uh, the process of filing your tax return and all the different options you have there from paper forms to software to getting assistance from various types of professionals and uh, how much that might all cost. So it's a good uh, good beginner's guide to taxes. If, if uh, you're hoping for it to make you a CPA, uh, it will not do that. But if you're hoping to just understand the process better and feel more confident with it, this is the course for you. Uh, not only is the course, though, uh, available online as an interactive self-paced course, but we will also be holding weekly Zoom chats where you can get on and you can talk with your fellow students and with me or other instructors to answer your questions, to clarify things that maybe weren't so clear and uh, get you know mutual support in a safe space. So I hope that some of you will go to pennyforward.com and join today and check out that course. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about how that course uh, inspired the topic for tonight's call. Um, we knew back months and months ago, Liz, can you guess how many months ago it was? Cause I can't remember, but I'm thinking eight or nine. When we first, you mean when we first thought about it? Um, yeah. Hmm. I want to say maybe in the late fall. That sounds uh, about right. Ish. Yeah. So uh, we knew that we wanted to create an online self-paced course uh, sometime in the fall. And we, uh, meaning myself and Liz and other members of the Penny Forward team, worked really hard on creating the course content, creating nice interactive quizzes with uh, good questions so that you can make sure that you understand the content. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of March, I went uh, and purchased some software for our website and started to try to load the course content into the software. And this isn't going to be a big shocker for anyone, but I ran into accessibility challenges. I had a lot of trouble getting the content into the course software that we had purchased. But I figured, you know, maybe this is the kind of thing where I won't be able to create the course myself, but maybe it'll be accessible once it's created. So I had my wife, who is sighted, give me a hand putting in the course content because we were kind of under the gun and wanted to get it out here uh, you know, by, by this time to talk about it on this call and in other places. And she spent about four hours copying and pasting all of the content that Liz and Eric and I and Les um, had uh, worked on putting together. And when she was finished, uh, I went and took the course with JAWS 
And the first lesson was perfectly accessible because it's a pretty much text-based course. We wanted to be accessible to people who are blind and also people who are deafblind. So we decided not to start out with audio at this point. We decided to start out with text. Um, and the first lesson read very nicely, as I was hoping. And then I went to take the first quiz. And the first question read very nicely. And all of the multiple choice answers read as complete silence. We've all experienced this, right? Where your screen reader just reads nothing. You don't even know it's there. That's what this was like. So this was my setback. It was a seven o'clock at night on a Sunday night. I'm trying this out for the very first time. We had worked all weekend. Uh, I had struggled to get the content in. My wife had helped me and spent a bunch of time at it. And then it wasn't accessible. And I thought, well, there's, there's just no way. This can't be released this way. So I was really, really angry. Um, and I showed it to my wife and I showed her what Jaws was doing. And, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that I dealt with it real well, but then I just like closed the laptop about as hard as I could. Holding the laptop in the middle of my kitchen floor, my wife's looking at it. I just closed the lid as hard as I could. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. I feel like giving up right now. So she said, you know, I, I understand. And I don't really remember what she said. It was something comforting. And I went and sat down and I felt angry for about 15 minutes. And then I, as, 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 as I, as I was progressing through this 15 minutes, my anger went from me being angry that I have to deal with this crap all the time. I know that every one of you can relate to this to anger that a software developer could sell a piece of software for a, a professional website that would be inaccessible in 20 in 2022. That just shouldn't be happening anymore. People should know better by now. And, and then finally the anger got to uh, there's gotta be something out there that that will work. So I started searching for it. My anger kind of abated. I started searching for it. And I found another course software and they had a nice online demo so I could try it out with their demo. And, and uh, it was pretty cool actually, because I could log into the, the software and see how the process of creating a course worked, but I could also take a course that they had created for, for demo purposes. So I played with that a little bit and I'm like, oh yeah, this, this course is accessible. Creating the course is accessible. I actually went and created like my own test lesson and said, this is a test lesson. And I created a test quiz. Here's a, here's a quiz that, uh, you know, uh, is this accessible? A, B, C, D. Yes, no, maybe. So all of the above. Um, and then tried it out and it worked. And so by eight o'clock on Sunday, I was feeling no longer angry, ang angry, angry. I was feeling hopeful. So I went and bought the software. Before I started using it, I sent a very angry message off to the developer of the first software that I had bought and said, you know, I'm, I'm outraged that this happened and uh, explained exactly what happened. And then I started to create the course. 
And by, I want to say 10 o'clock on Sunday night, I had the first lesson and the first quiz created. It was a little bit of a struggle just figuring out how to, how things worked. Um, but, uh, when I got up on Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning, rather, uh, I was all excited. In fact, I got up early because I was so excited after being so angry and so hopeless the night before I was so excited about being able to get this course created that I got up real early and I added lessons and I was able to do that throughout the day. And by Monday evening, I had a course that was accessible. So I told the penny forward board, I said, here, here it is. You got to try it. You got to tell me if this works for you. And um, so we've had, uh, I want to say six people uh, try it so far. And uh, before we announced it, um, maybe a couple more than that. Cause I sent it out to some close friends as well, but, uh, I'm telling you all this because this was a big setback for me. Penny forward is a big deal for me. Um, it's something that I care a lot about. And so, and I was really excited that we were going to be able to offer this to you. And then all of a sudden the setback came along and I felt hopeless and I could have gotten, I, I couldn't. I could have given up right there. It was so easy to want to. And yet somehow I, I managed to make it through. And now we have something that I can tell you is a really, really nice experience. And so can Liz, cause she's taken it as well. And uh, if you're on the uh, untangling transportation call with Ron Brooks last night, he had a chance to take it and he found it to be accessible as well. And, and, uh, the fact that it's accessible is a big deal because we should expect that from, from, from our stuff, but it wasn't easy to get there. So that inspired me to talk tonight about dealing with setbacks and strategies for doing that because uh, I had my own setback and it was such a prominent fixture in my last couple of weeks that I, um, and, and it's, it's just an appropriate, appropriate thing. For people to talk about. Um, if you're an investor, we're in kind of a period of market volatility where the market's going up and going down and can be kind of scary. Those things can be setbacks. If you've ever tried to lose weight, you know that sometimes you can start out on a diet and you'll take off a bunch of pounds and be feeling good. And then all of a sudden you maybe go out for the holidays or something, and then you gain some of that weight back or, or maybe you're still working at it and you just aren't losing as fast as you thought you were going to, or as you, as you were at the start and you start to feel disappointed. Exercising the same way. I could go on and on and on about different ways that setbacks are, um, that setbacks are uh, uh, part of our life but how do we cope with them? Well, the first thing we probably got to do is uh, think about our coping style and try and identify our coping style because that really is going to influence how to cope with a setback and how to deal with it. There's three basic coping styles. Um, one is a problem-solving coping style. You know, If a person has a setback, they immediately go into problem-solving mode Say, okay, how am I going to fix this? What am I, what am I going to do? Seems like a pretty good coping style to me. I wish that were me. 
My coping style is more of the second coping style in the list, which is an emotional coping style. You get mad, you get upset, you get frustrated, and you have to go through this whole process that's a little bit like grieving of uh, getting your emotions under control. And then I kind of get into that problem-solving mode kind of at the end, but, uh, um, but I got to go through an emotional period first. And then there's an avoidance style. Some people just don't think about it. Set back, go do something else. Distract me. Give me food. Give me alcohol. Not a positive way of dealing with uh, with setbacks, but uh, you know this is this is something that that some people do. So uh, in a moment here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her ahead of time so she has a chance to go and find the mute button. Uh, Liz, uh, what are your coping styles for setbacks? Do you think have you had a chance to think about that? My coping styles for setbacks are really to kind of break them down into smaller things, uh, smaller groups of, of things, and try to take them on that way rather than the whole huge setback, whatever it happens to be. Um, and I, of course, can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, but real, and also realizing that it's temporary. It, it may not seem that way in the short term, but in the honest to gosh, long-term scheme of things, you know, this setback is temporary and let's break this down and figure out what I need to do first, second, third, so forth to make this setback not a thing anymore. And it's so, easier said than done. It definitely yeah. is easier said than done, but it, it's more manageable that way for me. And it's less overwhelming. Would you characterize that then as a more of a problem solving kind of a style? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. 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 That's good. That's uh, you know, that's a, a really, I, for me, it really is emotional and that emotional period is not uh, a pleasant thing. So I'm, I'm glad that you um, maybe have that under, under control in a way that I don't, I, I envy that. Um, Mo, our host for this evening, let's go over to you. Uh, what do you think your coping style is for setbacks? I have a little bit of everything as I do for most things like this. <laughs> okay. Uh, any, any specifics or just a little bit of everything? Yeah, I, I definitely would love to be problem solving first and for foremost, but um, avoidance is probably a huge one. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one for a lot of people. Uh, let's just take a few minutes then to uh, open it up to the audience. And Mo, you can tell them how to how to raise their hands and do this. Because um, I want to hear from people ab about what your coping styles are. And, uh, um, you know, if you've ever thought about it before, if this is a new question for you. All right. So if you would like to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y on the computer, Options-Y on a Mac, it is Star 9 on your phone, and it is in the, or, ah, uh, <laughs> on the phone, raise hand is under the More button, which is in the lower right corner of your phone, and then we will help you unmute because it's gotten tricky with the got it button. So um, most of you, I think, have been here before. But for those that haven't, we'll help you when we get to your hand. 
<clears throat> Looks like we already got three raised hands. Let's um, go to Amber, just because that's uh, where my cursor was. <laughs> she might yeah, not have I was just first. about to get my cursor there, though. So uh, thank you, Mo. And uh, hi, Amber. Hello. Um, my coping style, I guess, um, I get mad. <laughs> so do I. So do I. And and once you get mad, like what happens then? I go do something else and then try to come back to it to see if I can figure it out. Yeah. And and do you? Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. if I can't figure it out, then I ask for help. Good. I uh, I I so totally relate to all of that stuff. Thank you, Amber. Uh, who's next? Let's see here. Um, did I not come through? We have Janine Lee. That's next. Yeah, you did not I, come through. I <laughs> tried using the space bar, but I, I must be in the wrong part and it didn't work. So okay. sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no problem. Hi, Janine. Hi, Chris. Hi, Liz. Hi, Mo. Um, so I have many coping cells. So Chris, much like you, I get angry at my computer and I slam it down and I break the hard drive. And then I've learned one way is you just buy a keyboard. And then when you're mad at it, you can just throw it and bang it with a hammer and um, then buy a new $20 keyboard because it's in my budget for destroying computers that are evil for, for me for me because I don't know the alphabet. So, so one way is, um, to, to aggressively, it, but, but if you plan for it, you know, some people you can hit a pillow or scream into a pillow. Um, one thing I do also is I go swimming in my pool and I'll go underwater and I can just scream underwater. And then another way I cope is I call my best friend. <laughs> And she listens to me. She listens to me cry and complain and stress out. So having a good friend or else doing something crafty, like crafty, like I will bake bread or I will bake cookies or I will bake something and I'll create something or else I'll do a craft project. Like I'll make a wreath or I'll make pens or I'll, I'll just create something crafty. So there, there's just ways to cope with music. So th those are my four coping styles. I know the first one is not healthy at all, but when computers are not my friends, that that's how I deal with them. Uh, thank you, Janine. It, um, <laughs> It actually can be healthy, really, really, really aggressive anger. Like if you're hurting somebody or you're hurting yourself, that is, you're right, that then it's probably time to find another way. But, uh, but bottling things up isn't healthy either. So uh, it's definitely, um, definitely okay to feel really angry and, and to express it. Um, who is next? We have Alan, and I'm trying to get hands lowered, but it's not working for me. So okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi, Alan. I'll help you. I'll help you. Um, coping strategy. Let's see. Uh, angry. I, I, I'm very guilty of that one. Uh, but then I do the forget about it method as well. I think you mentioned that one. 
I do that one as well. Uh, come back to it later sort of thing. Okay. Okay. A lot of, uh, a lot of taking a break and come back and coming back to it later. And that's, uh, that's good. Thank you, Alan. Uh, is there anyone else? I think we had four hands raised that I noticed. We have a phone number ending in 254, I think. I'm now out of my spot for that, but I think it was 254, starting with 248 or something like that. And it is star six to unmute on a telephone. It's area code two four eight, and it ends in two five four. And uh, some people have trouble unmuting sometimes, and we've learned that this is a unfortunate Zoom thing that the workaround seems to be to to hang up and join back in. Unfortunately, which is yucky. But usually that's um, not telephone numbers because they can only star six to unmute. Yeah. But there, there we you go. Are. Hello. <laughs> um, I, I have to. I, it would be just the time I went. Up, I went tried to go over to settings to put myself on do not disturb, and then I, when I got over the over the phone, I kept pushing phone, and I got my contacts, and I got every. I can hear myself being called, and I can't get to the phone to the one that I'm actually on. <laughs> well, that um, happens. Hi, but- Chris. Mo and Liz, I am so happy to have your program, Chris. I listened last time. I have a question for later, too. Yeah. But um, I want to tell you about an experience I had the other day because I was so frustrated. I was just pretty wound up. But it takes that. Um, there's a breakfast at Panera, and I had it about four years ago, and I absolutely loved it. And every time I went to get this breakfast, something went majorly wrong, and I never got it. Okay, so now I really want it. So I was over in DoorDash the other day, and I was again trying to get my breakfast, and there was something special going on, and I could get, you know, good coupon and everything else. So it was, you know, time to get this breakfast. And I got over there, and I worked on it, and I had to jump through hoops to get what I wanted on the menu. I had a number of different things I wanted and, you know, you're trying to figure out how does this work and how does that work and things were kind of mixed up and, oh my gosh, there's lots of things. So I finally get through and order my breakfast and everything. I thought by that time things had gone, well, okay. But then there was a thing that came up and said, uh, and my breakfast was delivered. Everything went well there. And there was a thing that came up and said, why don't you give us a review? Well, I was so impressed that I got my breakfast finally after all that time, after all the struggle, that I went into the review section. And in the review field, in the narrative field, you could type something, but you couldn't read anything at all. Boys over would, ex- would act like nothing was there. I went and I got out of the field to question something and had to come back in. I'm deleting and I hope I'm at the right space. But I got over and I couldn't read anything in the field. Mm-hmm. So I called Apple Care and said, hey, how does this work? You know, whatever, you know, whatever. And they said, well, that's probably a, uh, a developer problem. I said, okay, where do I go? Do I go to 
app store or do I go to DoorDash? And neither one of us knew. Well, I thought about it for a little while after I got off the phone with them and said, I'm going to make a phone call. So I carried it through and I went to, I did go to DoorDash and I talked to a person and they didn't really know what I was talking about. Um, had no clue. So I finally got through to a supervisor and after a very long call with a lot of information, I think they're going to try to make some changes. I know I didn't hit everything. I gave them some very basics, but I did make it very clear that, hey, if somebody wants to review you, give you a good review, a bad review, whatever kind of review it is, and review the place that did the, you know, the store and everything else, because this was a public review, I said, if they can't read it and they can't type in it well and know what they type, they're going to walk away. And it's not a very good win-win situation for you or us if we can't do it. So, and let's turn this around so it's a win-win for both. And so I'm really proud of myself that I did that. And I'm one to, I do do a lot of writing back to developers about things that don't seem to work well. But I'm like you. I feel if I get on a website, I should be able to use it as well as anyone else. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And I want to say that I really appreciate your advocacy with with the DoorDash thing. That's something that we, a lot of us have problems with. And it's so frustrating because it could be so so convenient for us to, to be able to have, have food delivered in rather than, and sometimes cheaper than, you know, paying for uh, an Uber or something to a restaurant and then back like the delivery fee. It was fee. much cheaper when I got done. You know, yeah. if I looked at how it would be Uber or Lyft to try to get there. I would rather go eat in the restaurant, but with all the COVID stuff, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was a winner here and, you know, when I got off the phone, the person was just saying, I talked to a supervisor over there and he's, oh, you're so great. You know, we're, we're so thankful that you came, came to us and yes, we definitely want to do something. He said, I'm going to go to a meeting later this morning and I'm going to be talking about this. And he was just really excited. Wow. So I'm glad to see that. Wow. Well, I, I will look forward to seeing changes then come out of that. And again, thank you for, for using that setback and, and taking the extra time to, to try and make a difference. Uh, um, you know, it, it, it might, it might just, it might just help. Um, so one of the things that, uh, you know, now that we've, we've talked a little bit about the various different coping styles and identified ours, there's some kind of common things that I want to say really successful people tend to do when they encounter setbacks and success is not like a, and a, a particular state that you just get to and you're a really successful person. Success is a journey. And along the way, it doesn't always go right. And uh, uh, Liz, um, what are some things that you think of that really successful people do when they encounter setbacks to get themselves back on, on the, in the, headed in the right direction? First of all, they realize you know, what's going on, and I 
think that it's they figure out how and then they figure out maybe hopefully they figure out what they want and then how to get from where they are to where they want to be um and but I, I and I think it's the first step of that is realizing you know, this isn't the be all end all it's not success is a journey and things are going to happen that may not seem like they would happen before they happen um and you can't plan for everything uh because you may think that something is going to happen going to turn out one outcome in one outcome and it actually turns out in a completely different way um but it really and and showing up for yourself really and truly um i think that successful people at least the successful people that i know they show up for themselves even when they may not want to they show up for themselves and you know, they try to do something each day to get to where they want to be. It may not be every, they may not get to everything they wanted to get to on that particular day, but at least they've shown up for themselves. Um, that's, that's, I think the, a big thing that I would say. There's a, uh, a movie that I really love. It's one of my favorite movies and also one of my favorite books, uh, Apollo 13. It's a true story, uh, but uh, in in the movie version of it, uh, the the flight director says at, at some point, you know, failure is not an option. We have to we have to rescue these people that are their spacecraft is is dead in space and they're on their way, you know, on their way out to the moon, and we've got to get them back. We can't just let them let them die out there. Not every setback is like that the the consequences of failure aren't so dire but one of the things that people uh that are successful tend to be able to to do and they've just found different ways because i think you know there's there's no one way to get to this point is they have this attitude that failure is not an option and uh you know when i was talking about my setback that was kind of my attitude. Like I, at some point I did think of giving up, giving up, but not for very long. I really thought that failure was not an option and uh, that this was something that had to be done. Um, so, you know, I went and in my case, I went and started over and sometimes you have to do that, but sometimes you don't have to start over. Sometimes you just have to make, make a small adjustment here or there. Or sometimes you don't have to do anything at all. Sometimes you just have to be patient. And I'm going to tie this back to finances here and, and say, this is true oftentimes if you're a, an investor and you're investing during a period where, where the market is down. One of the best things you can do as an investor is be patient because history shows us and you know you 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 can't always rely on the future being exactly like the past but history shows us that every time no matter how bad things have gotten in the stock market things have come back up and they've come back up in a big big way um so there's a lot of hope there that you can have that if you can be patient and if you can just not panic that you're going to be okay um and uh and and uh you know that is 
that is sometimes a way to deal with other types of setbacks as well. Uh, setbacks in, in your career, you know, if you don't like your boss, you know, maybe, maybe your boss isn't happy in their job. And if you just be patient and do your, you know, do your work and you do a good job, maybe your boss is going to go and find something else to do and you'll have a different boss or maybe something will come along. And when it does, you'll be able to jump on it. So uh, being patient is definitely an option as well. Let's uh, kick it back to the audience here for just a few minutes. Cause I would like to know from you uh, what are some of the things that you have done and, and we're not going to talk about the, the coping style so much as like actual things that you have done to get through a particular setback. Try to keep your stories brief uh, so that we can make sure that we get uh, responses from a lot of people. But uh, think of a story where you've had a setback and, and uh, talk about exactly what you did that you think got you through it. Uh, I don't see any hands raised yet, but Mo, would you uh, let everybody know how to do that again quick? Sure. <clears throat> if you are on the computer, it's Alt-Y. If you're on a phone, it's under the more. And if you're on, or if you're on an app, I guess. And if you're on the phone, um, the regular telephone, it's star nine. And options Y on the Mac. I also do not see hands yet. All right. Well, we can uh, we can come back to that if if uh, anyone wants to raise their hand a little bit later. But uh, there is one thing I wanted to say yeah. to you about success success and starting over and things like that. Yes, sometimes you do have to start over, but I think what differentiates the successful people from the unsuccessful people or maybe the people who have a little bit harder time getting to success is that the successful people take from the previous experience that they're starting over from and they don't do that again right especially if it didn't work they try something else or mm -hmm. they take what did work from that experience that didn't fully work and they put what worked into a new experience with other things. So that's, so you're not, they're not repeating the same thing over and over again. So that, Oh, that, yeah, that's true. That's really yeah. good. Alan has his hand raised. Uh, go ahead, Alan. Okay. This is actually a food story. So yay. The other uh, person mentioned a food story as well. I was on my way back from a restaurant. I had just eaten a burger for dinner. Yum. And I got lost because the sound of my cane was muffled in the snow. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I ended up going the wrong I hate when that happens. Um, I ended up going the wrong direction. And I heard a very busy street in front of me. And I'm like, wait a minute, that is not supposed to be here. So if I followed my usual style of just like putting it down and forgetting about it, that wouldn't work because I needed to get home to use the well restroom, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it, uh, so I, I ended up opening my phone's compass and reorienting myself with that, and then I ended up going the right way and I got home and everything was happy. Thanks, Alan. That's a, that's a good problem-solving 
technique to have. I've I've gotten lost too, and and I live in Minnesota, so I can definitely relate to the uh, uh, the issue of getting lost in the snow. Um, and uh, yeah, it's one of the things that's really really helpful when you experience a particular setback like that is is having some skills that you can fall back on. If you hadn't known that your phone had a compass app, you didn't know how to use it, then getting out of that problem would have been much, much harder. Probably still could have done it. You probably have other skills you could have fallen back on, but uh, learning and learning and learning, you know, even if it's something you may not use today, you may just find that a particular skill that you learned is going to help you through a particular setback. Um, something that uh, some people say is really important when you're working towards a really long-term goal is to not be too emotionally attached to that goal. And uh, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how am I going to stay motivated to achieve a goal that's going to take me 20 or 30 years to achieve if I'm not too emotionally attached to it, or even five or 10 years? Well, um, I think what this means is that uh, maybe you're attached to the goal but you can see many different forms that that goal can take. Let's say, for example, you want to buy a house and that's your goal. And you've been thinking about this for years and saying, wow, you know, this is the house that I want. It's going to have four bedrooms and it's going to have uh, a big living room and a, and a big, uh, family room in the basement. And I'm going to put a big TV down there and, and stereo speakers and, and uh, uh, when I have my house, I'm going to have the you know all of my friends over, and we're going to have parties, and and uh, um, and it's going to be really great. Um, if you tie yourself to that exact vision of what that house is, then it becomes harder to achieve the goal of buying a house. Whereas if you say, you know, I could live with a house with two bedrooms or three, it wouldn't be ideal but I want the house more than I want the bedrooms. Or I could maybe, I could maybe live with a, uh, with a house that doesn't have a finished basement. I know that not every part of the country has basements, but uh, here in Minnesota, uh, most of our houses have basements and a lot of people, uh, you know, finish their basements so that it's extra living space to, to hang out in, uh, especially when we're cooped up all, all, all winter long. Um, so some people don't finish their basements. They're just open spaces that, you know, have block walls and insulation exposed and pipes exposed and stuff. Maybe I could live with that. Maybe I can deal with the basement later, but I want the house now. Um, so, you know, being able to be emotionally attached to a goal, but also being able to prioritize the parts of the goal that you're attached to. So that if, if you're able to achieve it in a different way that's, as, that's equally satisfying to you, this is what successful people do. Um, I'll tie this back to Penny Forward. I have a goal for Penny Forward. And that goal is to build an organization. I, I look at the American Foundation for the Blind as an example. It's been around for 100 years. They're celebrating their 100th year this year. My goal for Penny Forward is that I create an organization 
that is around after I'm gone. It's, it's not about me. It's, it's something that's around for a hundred years and helps blind people to uh, become better money managers and, and uh, find ways to, to become uh, wealthier than we are now. And I don't exactly know what form that's going to take. There's ideas that I had when I started it last year. Uh, I don't know because I'm just announcing it this week. I have no idea whether this idea of doing online courses and, and uh, you know, Zoom chats and, and some of the other uh, benefits that we, we plan to offer in the future. I don't know if any of those things are going to work out. But we're going to try them and we're going to, we're going to adjust. We're not going to stay stuck with the idea if online courses aren't the thing that you want, um, then we'll figure out what it is that you do want because we want to help you to become better managers of money. And there are many, many different ways of doing that. We may not have even thought of them, thought of all of the different ways yet. Um, so it's very emotionally important to me that I build an organization that, that outlives me and that's, that, that can uh, you know, last for 100 years and, and be around to help a lot, a lot of people. But there's lots of lots of ways that that, that could turn out. And any one of those ways is going to be okay with me. Um, Liz, do you have any examples of this and how this works in your life? Um, I do. I don't necessarily want to mention it, but, um, I just, I will just reiterate, you know, having a kind of a, a plan or a vision for what you might want to see yourself or you might want to see yourself in a certain amount of time. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, a job, a location, a location and a job and, you know, maybe those things happen in the way that you think, or maybe they happen in the way that you didn't think they would happen, but there's still amazing parts of, you know, like maybe, um, maybe things didn't happen exactly as you thought they would, but they happened as they needed to happen. And so it's just realizing that, and that's, it's not a failure if it, if you know the, if the situation panned out in a different way than when you thought it would, and then you you figure out you know maybe if there's something that isn't working as well, you figure out what that is and how to address that uh, to make it um, what you want it to be. But just be open to the fact that it, things may actually not end up working out how you thought they were would, and if you don't, if you can have more of a fluid feeling and, and thought process on how you want things to happen, you're more able to have be in that frame of mind that, you know what, yeah, this is looking a little different than what I thought it would be looking like, but that's okay because, you know, these are all still good, amazing things. Um, so that um, without going into too much detail, that's, that's what I will share. What if, what, what if I've told my friends about my goal and, you know, I, I, I've told them how it's going to be and then it doesn't turn out exactly that way. What are they going to think? If they're good friends, they will 
remind you that, you know what, it, it, it doesn't have to turn out exactly as you want to, t- to turn out. And they will, they will r- remind you that, you know, you, it, you know, the only person that you have to kind of um, be accountable for is yourself. And, you know, they, they, if they're good friends, they will support you in whatever you want to do. And they, uh, but it is really hard because it is hard not to get caught up in, Oh my gosh, what are they going to think of me? But, you know, and, and, and some, sometimes we might lose friend people who we thought were friends. We might actually end up losing those people um, when situations are tough. And that's really a shame. And that's actually happened to me before, but in true honesty, that has made me realize that person really wasn't a true friend because if they were a true friend, they wouldn't be having such a closed-minded thought process. So that's my thought on that. Yeah. uh, I think too, that if, if you do, if things turn out good for you and maybe they aren't exactly how that, how you plan them to be, but maybe they are, something that you're really happy about and excited about. I think that your friends are going to be happy and excited about them too. And your family. And sometimes families are the worst because we, you know, when family judges us, that that can feel pretty, pretty crappy. Oftentimes that comes from a place of of people being worried for us. Uh, Maybe they don't need to be as worried as they, uh, as they think they they do, but, uh, you know, it doesn't make it feel any better to know that it's coming from a place of, of somebody caring for you. If, if you feel like somebody is judging your particular, you know, the results of what you've done. Um, but, uh, I think successful people are, um, are able to, uh, not worry too much about what other people think and, and to, uh, be grateful for the people that are, there to support them, no matter which way things turn out. And uh, um, like Liz said, you know, some people are even going to remind you of, hey, you know, you, uh, what you've got here is is pretty good. It's not what you thought, but it's pretty great anyway. Um, I want to give people the opportunity to share their own stories here. So feel free to raise your hand if any of the things that we're talking about resonates with you and, and you want to just throw, throw something in. We only have a few minutes left. Um, and Amber has her hand raised. So let's go and uh, pick her up real quick. Well, um, one thing that is kind of on my mind is... Um, I'm actually saving up money for school and not just for school, but I'm saving money for my long-term, you know, for my future. And I'm actually kind of proud of what I've been doing so far, but I may have to tap into some of that savings for a dentist appointment next month. And I'm like, Oh, great. I really don't want to do that. I want to keep this saving going. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's uh, you know, that's an interesting thing. Um, because we do talk about money here a lot and, and this happens to people when they're saving and, and it can really feel disheartening if you've been, if you've been working real hard to save and then you have to tap into that savings. I would remind you though, Amber, that while you might've been saving for, for school, 
or for your long-term future, the fact that you have that money to tap into is going to help your long-term future because you aren't going to have to, uh, you're going to be able to go to the dentist. You're going to be able to get that work done. And depending on what it is, it could really, it could really negatively impact your future if you didn't get that work done. But you also don't have to like throw it on a credit card or something and have it hanging over your head in the form of monthly payments for months or maybe years on end. And that is pretty great for your long-term future too. So I would say, you know, you go girl. That, that, that's, that's uh, it may not be the exact goal that you were saving for, but, um, you know, but it's, it, it, this is a situation where, where I still have faith that, that you're going to achieve your goal. This is maybe just a detour along the road. It's, it's not, it's not going to stop you. You're right. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, I think I want to close with this. No matter what happens, you know, we work really hard. And as blind people, I think we work a lot harder than than sighted people or than the average person without a disability. Because we just have so much more to to deal with. You know, the fact that that someone's got to struggle to make a DoorDash order is kind of ridiculous. It is a fact of life, unfortunately for us, at least right now. And uh, I feel like it makes us stronger. Uh, but we need to be sure not to beat ourselves up. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we put out an episode of the Penny Forward podcast where we interviewed Sherry Wells Jensen. She is a, a doctor of linguistics. She's a, a professor at Bowling Green State University. And we interviewed her because she was uh, a participant uh, in an experiment to see how uh, people with various types of disabilities uh, uh, were able to cope with short periods of, of zero gravity. Because uh, they want to know this and you know, some days or someday there's going to be blind people or, or deaf people or people with other disabilities uh, living and working in space. And they want to know how that's going to work and how we're going to accommodate for that. But she talked about this at one point. She, she kind of said the same thing. You know, you, you can't beat yourself up. Um, we expect more out of ourselves than almost anybody else does. And we need to be proud of ourselves when we accomplish things. Um, but we are going to have setbacks. And it's going to make us angry. Sometimes we're going to slam our keyboard down or close our laptop lid. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's, if it's important, um, we are strong enough to find a way. And I think I want to close with that and, uh, um, we'll still be here for another half hour off of ACB media, uh, for just a general Q and a and chat session. But before we leave ACB media, I want to thank ACB Next Generation for co-sponsoring this call. They are a great affiliate if you are under the age of 40 and looking for a place where you fit in. Join ACB Next Generation because uh, that's what they're there for. If you are like me and you're over 40, but 
you remember what that was like and you feel like it's important to uh, to support uh, the next generation, join ACB Next Generation as a supporting member because, uh, um, you know, when uh, I've said this many, many times, when I was coming up in the world, there wasn't an ACB Next Generation for me to be a part of. And I kind of felt like a square peg in a round hole a lot of times. And and so I feel that it's really important to support this affiliate. Uh, also, I, uh, I hope that you will go and check out pennyforward.com. And I hope that you will join us and take the Taking on Taxes course and uh, take advantage of the other oh. things that uh, we are going to be offering in the future. Uh, again, um, the membership is either $9 a month or if you're able to put a uh, $99 down for the year, you get one month free. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that's real easy to do at pennyforward.com. Just click on the join Penny Forward link. Um, coming up on the Penny Forward podcast on Tuesday, we will be interviewing Leah Hassler. Leah Hassler is a certified public accountant. She's going to be talking about taxes. Um, Consider it to be a very condensed version of the Taking on Taxes course. Uh, and uh, she was gracious enough to help us put that course together and make sure that it was fact-checked. So uh, I hope you'll check that out as well. Finally, I would like to thank Mo for hosting and for all of the work that she does to promote these Financial Sense calls. Uh, she's, she's pretty amazing, and I really appreciate her. And I would like to thank I would like to thank Katie for streaming. She is uh, patiently sitting there. She's got to listen to all these things. I hope Katie that you actually enjoy some of the things that you're streaming. But uh, I appreciate you being here and getting us on the air anyway. And last and certainly not least, I'd like to thank Liz. Uh, Liz is a a great help with uh, Penny Forward, with the Penny Forward podcast, um, with technology-related stuff, with all just all kinds of stuff, and, and I really appreciate Liz. So uh, again, uh, thank you, all three of you, for the parts that you've played in this call and the parts that you've played in uh, uh, ACB Next Generation and Penny Forward. Any last words, Mo? We'd like to thank you for facilitating this wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you. Any last words from you, Liz? I'm just happy to be here. And I think conversations like this are very, very important. And I thank everyone for attending and listening. And definitely check out pennyforward.com. Thank you, Liz. And Katie, you're always so quiet. I, I don't want to exclude you from this and i really appreciate you streaming any last words from you i think i caught her off guard all right well we're just about out of time so uh, i see alan's got his hand raised we'll uh drop off of acb media at this point and uh then we'll just do a half hour q a on the call for anyone that wants to stick around and, and chat and I, I remember somebody saying that they had a question earlier uh 
Um, so we'll get to those things. Good night, everybody on ACB Media. Thanks for listening.